You're listening to another Big Bug Breakdown from the Element Podcast. What's happening, all my woods people? Today, we are both, Casey and I, that is, driving in separate vehicles this time. (laughs) And uh, uh, it's unfortunate that we have to do that, but that's just... uh, this time of year, um, as you've seen in the past, if you've been a listener, we drive a lot this time of year, but uh, it's getting to where now we're driving our own vehicles a lot. It's just like hectic, you know, which is kind of what the rut's all about. And um, today, you know, on, on our podcast here for this Big Buck Breakdown, we're going to have a guest that is uh, pretty renowned in these circles of hunting, um, archery, big monster whitetails, Bill Winky. Um, which reminds me that I still have an Iowa tag in my pocket, KC, and I need to do something about that soon. Oh, man, yeah. You probably just ought to not unload your truck. Just leave everything in there, <laughs> go home, get your wife and kids, and head to Iowa, I guess, man. Dude, I'm thinking about it. I, I don't know even – like, I kind of wonder how that uh, – how the rut looks up there right now. I know people talk about lockdown um, in the next few days up there, Um you know, typically, I guess historically, but, uh, you know, where we've been in Kansas and, and now in Texas coming into the next few days, it's really going to start rocking, uh, as far as just bucks cruising and that kind of thing. And, um, if that's a, a sign of what it is in Iowa, then I think I need to go, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> I just yeah. don't, I don't know. I feel like they're going to be a little bit ahead of us typically. You think I'm right yeah. in that? Uh, you know, I've only been there once on a hunt, so I don't yeah. know. That's a it's a good question, man. I mean, that seems to be the, the consensus from a lot of people, but sometimes a lot of people are wrong too. I, I know Bill Winky is an, is uh, a very successful Iowa hunter, and he believes that the first week of November is the time to be there. Yeah, uh, but I know that he kills deer in late November almost every year, so it's a uh, you know, it's probably just if you want that hot, heavy rut action, then you need to be there early. But, I, you know, the deer have to exist. I say it all the time. You yeah. know, so you just got to figure out where they're at. Now, I think one of the things you're going to run into in Iowa is that uh, sometimes you can't see bucks that are on lockdown because uh-huh. it's thicker. So maybe it might be tough. But, you know, if you can find it, maybe kind of seek out those areas that are more of the grassland type stuff. Maybe maybe uh, it won't be that big of a deal. Yeah. Well, you know, if everything went as planned, then deer hunting wouldn't always be that fun. But if I could say that something, you know, like that this trip, my next trip to Iowa would go as I would like to have it planned. It would go this way. It would go, I go up there and I get in time, I get in time, in, in time to do an evening hunt. I go back in there after that big gnarly 10 point that we had so much trouble with last time. And I get close to his bed and he's still bedding there and he's, you know, got him a doe and they come out and they do what they did that, that evening, um, the first evening we almost killed him and they come right by me at about 30 yards and I smoke him. And that's what, that'd be nice. That's That's what, (laughs) that's what ends up. Yeah. It's a a great plan. I think, (laughs) um, the problem with that plan is that most of it is up to him. Yeah, yeah, that's the hard thing with deer. It's funny you say that. I was talking to my wife last night. She was like, uh, just like, telling me like, try extra hard this morning or something like that. <laughs> I was like, yeah, 
here's the thing when you when you're deer hunting like you can do all this stuff but if the deer just doesn't walk where you want him to it doesn't matter that you did all that stuff you know it's like it is 95 percent on the animal yep you know i mean there's there's good hunters dude we talk about all the time there's good hunters but like it's still like you said like 95 percent of it all the luck lucky cards have to come together man you know yeah so shoot yeah man sometimes they just don't even smell you when they're downwind you know like i had that happen yeah. to me a couple times this week like oh yeah i don't care about that scent doesn't matter and then you know the next deer is just like freaking out and runs across the county yeah, yeah it's weird yeah. but anyways well, uh we've been like you like you've referenced we've been up in in kansas on a rut hunt and uh uh, well, you'll just have to listen to that episode to see how that went for us. But yep. one of my favorite things to do while we're up there is to hang trail cameras because um, sometimes when you're in Texas, trail cameras can get like a little bit, uh, be a little bit of a grind, I yep. guess, to use an overused phrase. Um, <laughs> yep. Because like you never know what you're going to get, and usually it's not much. Um, well, when you go somewhere where there's a high population of deer, and a, like a heavy rut peak, you're going to get some deer. And yeah. that's kind of exactly what happened for us this week. And in fact, you haven't seen the card for this camera no, yet. No, I'm still waiting. Still waiting on you to, <laughs> you know, at the gas station, I thought you were going to show me some stuff or take well, some pictures and I send them to you. I was in a big hurry. You I know. Tell? You're always in a hurry. But, no, yeah, uh, but. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, when you put the. We don't get to really, we don't get to put them on just like, you know, bad to the bone scrapes very often in Texas either. And that's one thing that we've had. We had our trail camera hanging on a scrape. We might need to post some of those pictures just to show yeah. some folks what you've been after. <clears throat> but you've been after one of the biggest eight points I've seen in a while. Um, it, uh, uh, you know, other than looking at the one uh, there in camp, you know, that sits there yeah. right in front of you under the TV. But um, <laughs> so anyway, um I, the scrape thing is is a really cool way to get pictures this time of year. I think like at first the first couple of days we really didn't have that great a success. I feel like on it, um, and then no. when I went over there and pulled it today, it looked like it looked like six bucks had been in there and scraped it out. Man, it was just you're like, probably about right, man. That's about what it was. I think, dude. and uh, we uh, I like it on these Exodus cameras. You can choose. Uh, how many bursts you want like some cameras say it's one photo or three photo or whatever it is like you can choose up to like 11 i think or i don't know it i don't know how high it goes do you know how high it goes but yeah i don't you can you can choose a burst to whatever uh whatever uh frequency you like and you can set it over a scrape and it works really good for that because it's not taking up a lot of uh space on your card you know those photos i'm taking up near as much as what a uh a video does but you kind of get a sequence of things and you can kind of tell well one of the things i noticed about scrapes is that a lot of times they're on trees where there's multiple looking branches especially in the midwest mm-hmm. and uh if you don't run a burst you're liable to trigger that camera from a deer that's not actually on film because one of the little secrets about um trail cameras is that they actually trigger outside of what you can actually see that way the deer ends up in the camera by the time you know it goes off and that's kind of how they they fix the trigger speed thing mm-hmm. well these exodus cameras are really good about having a pretty wide angle of view anyways but if you make sure you run a burst uh you'll definitely end up with that buck on the licking branch you have the thing set up over and we have got some pretty sick shots of that oh yeah dude we also have uh we put out an exodus that was out for less than 24 hours when we checked it on a new permission piece 
and we had a toad on there. Toad Daddy. Best we could tell, it was like a a nine, a big nine, right? Yeah, I think he's a four by five, is which yeah. is about the only time I'm going to use there you go. that type of terminology. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. but uh, yeah, he he had both sides were big. He's kind of one of those deer. It looks like he's like almost got two different types of antlers on his head. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, like his eight point side. It's not like he just grew a G4 on one side and not on the other. Like his eight point side looks a lot different than his uh, ten point side. Well, three point or whatever. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. His, <laughs> it uh, gets dude, this is a year of the weird, the uh, non-matching sides deer. Remember the buck in Iowa didn't have a really matching set either. That's right, man. The buck I almost shot this morning uh, didn't have matching sides either. But that's another story too. The nine. Yeah. Man. I can't wait yeah. to see it, dude. I hadn't seen that footage or anything. We had to jet right Woo. after uh, the yeah. hunt this morning. We barely got out in time for KC to get back to do some church and, and teach some kiddos. Um, yeah, we'll see if that happens or not. <laughs> We're trying. I'm trying to boogie my way through Oklahoma right now. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Well, yeah. I guess um, let's get Bill on the phone. Maybe he'll give me something, uh, some information that'll get me uh, an opportunity to kill a buck when I go up to Iowa soon. Nice. All right, on the phone now, we've got Bill Winky with Midwest Whitetail. Bill, your season's going pretty good so far, man. Yeah, no doubt. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's, uh, you know, once in a while you'll kill a nice deer in October, but it doesn't happen very often. You know, <laughs> I was blessed this year to, to see it happen. Yeah, I know. It's cool, and I know you've kind of branded uh, – the chasing November thing is kind of kind of one of your things, and for good reason because November is just an amazing thing in the whitetail woods. But it's really cool when you can uh, go ahead and get one down in October, and then have the whole month of November to really try to hone in on another buck. Um, so, tell us a story of that of that buck, man. It it seemed like a deer that you really didn't have many tabs on going into the season. No, no, and it was uh, I had trail camera pictures of it from uh, twenty. 17 and 2018 and then we filmed them in uh, i think it was like the 9th or 10th of november in 2018 and it was pretty close to the spot where i shot him in fact i was leaving the ground blind where i shot the deer this year back back in 2018 and we walked past a little open field and we peeked in there and we could see this you know really nice buck you know chasing some does around in there and i said to the cameraman i said gosh we just have to leave that deer we can't hunt him because he's got so much potential but he's just a little bit too young so i thought well there's one and there was a couple others on the farm that were similar to that really high genetic quality deer but young but i was so excited about coming into 2019 and finding those back well you know as fate sometimes does you know i didn't find either one of them back and you know this one i was pretty disappointed about because i i put a lot of time in, ran a lot of cameras over in that area, just thinking, okay, I want to find that deer, see what he looks like, see how much he blew up, you know, and just that's as much fun, you know, as, as anything when you're when you're you know, chasing these deer is just to see what they turn into from one year to the next. Mm-hmm. But uh couldn't find him. So I'd written him off. I thought, well, either somebody else shot him, you know, late last season, which is possible. Or uh, the deer just moved off, or who knows, maybe died of natural causes or EHD or something, and that just wrote him off. So then when he showed up, I mean, that was that was really neat uh, because I think you know when they're a surprise, it has more of an impact on you than when you've been hunting this you know one deer and where you're just almost you know too wrapped around the axle on one deer, mm-hmm. and then you have 
know, this situation where it's a deer that just kind of comes out of nowhere and you, and you have enough of a background with that deer to know that it's a special deer. Um, that was really cool. I mean, it was one of the more satisfying hunts that I've had in quite a while. Yeah, no, it's awesome, man. And it's kind of interesting to me because I feel like you, uh, talk about often how you really enjoy that chase and the pursuit of one particular deer. And then to see you get excited about this one that just kind of came out of nowhere, it it almost caught me off guard a little bit, but it's cool and it's neat. So why do you think that deer was kind of in and out uh, of your life so much? I think he, I think he moved either into a part of the farm where I didn't have cameras, and then was feeding someplace else. Because um, I don't like to to be too impactful with my camera, so I don't go into any sanctuaries or into any bedding areas or anything like that. I stay on the field edges and fringes and, and places I can get to either on a four wheeler or a truck. You know where I come and go really quick, and and I don't leave much, you know, as far as impact. But he may have just been living on a different part of the farm and, and not coming in the directions where I had my cameras, or he was living off the farm and just happened to drift back there, you know, for a little while. Um, I don't know which one for sure. You know, I haven't heard a lot of information from any neighbors or anything like that about the deer, but, you know, even in Iowa here, that would be a big enough deer where I think you'd know if somebody shot it, but maybe not. <laughs> you know, <laughs> one of those things where, you know, I mean, it's, it takes a pretty special deer um, nowadays to make the news. Mm-hmm. Um, it used to be 150-inch deer, and everybody was coming over to your house to look at it. Now, I mean, I'm dead square honest. You almost have to shoot a 190 before people say, oh, can I come over and look at him? Wow. Um, uh, yeah, it's well, amazing. I don't know but, if anybody's uh, going to be looking but, at my bucks then. <laughs> yeah, well, and I, I mean, nobody comes look at mine anymore either. <laughs> but, but uh, no, it's uh, so so it's possible, you know, in, in my mind that somebody could have killed him. I just didn't hear about it. So mm-hmm. It was just, it was fun. It's almost like having, you know, seeing an old buddy, you know, or something like that. It's like, wow, I didn't even know that deer was still alive. You yeah. know, it just, yeah. it's just a neat, a neat experience. But, and I, I do really like hunting the individual deer, like you said. I mean, that's fun, but sometimes it can be pretty stressful too. You know, I've done it where, you know, I've hunted one deer day after day after day and just grinding away on it and then have the deer get away. You know, last year was an example of that. And it almost kind of turned me, um, you know, because I I put a lot of time and effort into one deer. And then, you know, I had a 30-yard shot on a deer. You know, I kind of messed it up a little bit. I thought the hit was good. You know, I was excited about it. And then, you know, we just didn't find the deer. And he turned up dead during the winter. So it, it just kind of, I don't know, it, it's one of those things, I guess, where, you know, when it really works, it's awesome. And when it doesn't really work, it's, it's like, man, I just put myself through the ringer on this one deer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you is know? that something that um, you plan on with the joy that you kind of got and the impact that this deer made on you, this surprise buck? Um, is that something you kind of plan to set yourself up to have more encounters with deer that are, you know, in other words, like run less trail cameras or try to develop a little less history kind of purposefully to have more surprises? Or are you still going to stay after deer like, like you have? I'll probably not have, you know, less information. Probably what I'm going to do more is not have one deer that I'm after. Gotcha. I'm trying to spread it out. So there's, you know, two, three or four, even if they're not great trophies, um, you know, just be able to move around a little bit more and, and not get so dialed in on one deer that you, you know, every single day, all you can think about is, you know, where's that deer today? Mm-hmm. Um, that, that, that can be almost too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think having multiple targets and then being able to bounce around and every once in a while hunt places that, 
that you don't really know about, you know, and that's where we're going this afternoon. We're going to go specifically trying to find another surprise buck. And we, we, the last two mornings, no, three mornings, no, two, two of the last three mornings, we've had bucks that I had a quote unquote on my shooter list um, within bow range. And I didn't get either one of them killed, but neither one of them were deer that was like, you know, wow, I, I really want that deer bad. Mm-hmm. You know, they were just mature bucks, you know, nice, solid deer. You know, so I thought, oh, that's pretty cool. You know, I mean, they're out there, you know, not been out of shape, you know, having them get away, you know, like you would be if you just had one deer. Yeah. They were still locked in on that one. So it's just a little bit more comfortable. You know, it takes, this is supposed to be fun, you know. And, sure. And, we make it too serious. Sometimes I think we can take away some of the, you know, the, the joy aspect of it uh, by, by really dialing too much on one deer. So I guess to answer your question is just maybe trying to have more targets um, and then spread it out and, and keep the atmosphere a little bit, a little bit lighter. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That totally makes sense, man. And uh, we, I think a lot of us have been there where you just, for some reason you get just enamored with a specific deer and it, mm-hmm. and it's, it's almost natural for it to happen. And I think it's just the yep. competitive nature that a lot of us have, but it's, it's kind of relief when you just like, that's why we do the public land thing quite a bit because you just kind of show up and, you know, if you see something you like, you shoot it, you know, and it's, and it's really cool. So, uh, you know, with the surprise buck thing that, that you experienced with this deer, and then, you know, you said you're going to go target uh, a buck that, well, that's another surprise buck tonight, maybe something that you don't know about. Um, I know with you, one of your big things is like having deer on camera, getting to know them that way, and really evaluating a deer, deciding its maturity and everything. Um, how do you determine on a surprise deer if it suits your fancy, uh, if you don't have that history with it? Well, in some cases, you know, in some cases they really aren't surprise deer. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're deer that you know were maybe a couple of years ago or or a year ago were on your radar a little bit, but you just never tried too hard to find them back. You know, that's not sort of the thing. You know, very few. I shouldn't say. I suppose that very few of the deer that I've killed over the years were a total surprise. This buck. You know, he was a surprise that he was still on the farm. He wasn't a surprise from the standpoint that he was alive. You know, yeah. I, I had some history with the deer. So it's pretty rare for me to go any place on the farm and, and bump into mature bucks that I don't have any history with. Yeah. Um, but that, that can happen during the rut. Mm-hmm. Know, it really can. And going to places where maybe you're closer to neighboring properties or you know, someplace where there's a lot of habitat, you know, a lot of, you know, there's, there's got to be more deer out there than what I've got pictures of. You know, that's kind of what your mindset is. You know, surely I didn't photograph during that two-week period, but when my camera was down here, every buck that lived here. Um, you know, so those are the kind of spots that I'm kind of diving into a little bit more now. Is just you having a little bit more, I, I guess, just um, uncertainty with what might show up. But to come back around to that question, if the deer did show up that I didn't have any history with, um, it's, it's all in the... Uh, eye of the beholder yeah you know, i mean you know you know right away if you have to say gosh i should really shoot that one eh, i'm not sure you probably shouldn't because he's probably not the one that's going to trip your trigger mm-hmm. um when you see him and you go oh man that, look at that one i mean you're gonna that's the one you need to you need to be ready because right. your mind your mind has already told you that's a shooter mm-hmm. um so if you have to talk yourself into shooting it it's probably not the right deer 
Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think that's good advice, man. Well, very cool, Bill. Uh, congrats again on that big buck. Uh, it's cool to <laughs> like. It's always neat uh, as a as a watcher or a, a viewer of Midwest Whitetail to see you get excited about about a deer. And you know, in that video, you could definitely tell that uh, that that deer was a special thing for you. So, congratulations on that buck, and I hope that you uh, you get to experience that again a couple times this season, man. Well, I mean, you too. You know, I, I appreciate that, and it's always good visiting with you guys. And and uh, I appreciate what you do. And and uh, you know, thanks for having me on. Yes, sir. You're welcome. Uh, so, Midwest Whitetails on Mondays. Where can we find all that stuff at? I tell you the the couple ways that people are really starting to, to dig into what we're doing now. We we started a new uh, app. I, I work with Realtree, uh, helping them to develop some digital content and their new company is called Realtree Digital, which you know, I have part ownership in that. We have a new app called Realtree 365 and that has all the Midwest White Tail stuff, you know, all the daily video blogs, all of the you know, weekly episodes, JC November's on there. You can watch it on any device. You can watch it on your television, you know, on Roku, uh, Fire TV and Apple TV, I believe. Um, but anyway, it's just, it's just a place where you can get a lot of outdoor content. That's one place where you can watch this stuff. Otherwise, you can go to the MidwestWhiteTail.com website, and everything is there. Or you can go to the various YouTube channels that we manage. Uh, and one of the things we've seen is more popularity towards the daily content. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like basically the hunt that we had this morning plus the hunt that we have this afternoon will be posted late tonight. All right. On uh, Midwest Whitetail <laughs> Daily. Yeah. Yeah. If you go to... If you go to that daily channel, you'll be shocked with how spontaneous the content is. It puts a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, extra work on the editors, but the viewers really like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're getting a, a lot of good reviews there. So you can find the dailies on the Midwest Light Tail website or on the YouTube channels, you know, Midwest Light Tail Daily YouTube channel or the Dotry 365 app. Yeah, cool. Awesome, Bill. Well, we'll definitely link to all that stuff below. And uh, good luck this afternoon, man. I hope you uh, you see another giant. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. You too. Good luck to you guys. All right. All right. Thanks, see Bill. You, Bill. We'll see you. So speaking of properties that you own and have the opportunity to manage, uh, KC has a property that he's been uh, managing and got some really sick CRP grass growing and stuff right now. Um I guess it's not <laughs> CRP, maybe not the right term, but that style of grass is not necessarily in the program. Yeah. But um, anyway, you right before we left to go to Iowa had a really good hunt there. We just dropped the video from that hut. You had a new eight point show up that's really big. Um, he's heavy, he's tall. Unfortunately, he's not super wide, and so you weren't really sure what to do with him. Um, it sounds like you're kind of thinking about letting this deer walk until next year, maybe. Well, that's what I did the other morning. I'm, I'm not going to say it was a, a legit pass because I never, like, uh, made the conscious decision, like, I'm not going to draw my bow right now. But, like, I didn't make moves to try to kill him because I was just really unsure about the width. And everyone I talked to, including people who are real knowledgeable about deer, um, seem to think this deer is going to be plenty wide enough. But, uh, you know, we've got weird antler restrictions in our part of the state where they have to be 13 inches or wider. And a lot of times... Well, if you've listened to this podcast, you've heard us whine about this plenty. But uh, a lot of times uh, when you don't live in an area that has super great genetics, a mature buck still might not make that. So it's almost as if you're managing for 
having deer that don't meet your requirements. Right. So uh, it's kind of counterintuitive. But anyway, uh, hopefully uh, I can take a little inspiration from Bill and just pull a surprise book off of uh, one of the, the neighboring properties or something, somebody I haven't seen yet, and uh, they won't have to worry about it too much. I, I'm really I'm, – I'm just predicting right now that I'm going to have about a 19-inch wide 10 point that's going to be about 132. That's, that's, what, that's what I'm going for, man. That's a wide buck. It is a wide buck. It is a wide buck. I saw. I'm going to name him Wide Load. I don't think I've heard that one before. No, I hadn't either. I hadn't either. <laughs> I had not. Um, you know. So, what are your plans? I guess going forward this week, are you uh, um, going to be doing some Texas hunting? Yeah, probably when I can. I got to get home and get to work. Um, Sounds and, terrible. Uh, try to, yeah, it does. It it really stinks. Uh, it would be a bit great to just hunt for forever and always, but. When you live, when you also uh, dabble your toe into the real world too, you, you got to get home and get to work a little bit. But uh, I am going to for sure go and check a trail camera in the morning to see what's been happening at my property, see what my food plot looks like, see if there's still corn hitting the ground out of the feeder, make sure that feeder battery isn't dead and just kind of gear up. Um, I don't know. I would like to hunt some uh, Texas public pretty soon because this is like this the is time of year yep. to be there, man. And so uh, it's you know that's one of the nice things about doing the midwest thing and then coming home it's like you're not really missing too much uh at least where we live because you know the rut's kind of even further back still so like it's just kind of you hit the ground running when you get home but uh you actually did some some uh some texas hunting here recently that's right yeah and we're gonna we're gonna do a whole podcast about that uh here pretty directly so soon as you listen to this big buck breakdown um if it's not in the first day or so, then go listen to the Texas podcast. Um, I, I had uh, some success in, in Texas on some public land, and so uh, we're going to do a little kind of recap of that. So, uh, like I said, if it's the first day that this thing releases and you're listening to it, then look forward to that in the next couple of days. Otherwise, just go listen to it because it's going to pop right here pretty soon. And then after that, next up on the podcast, about a week from uh, this podcast is going to be um, – uh, Kansas recap. So a lot of crazy things happened there. Uh, so many close calls. So many. I feel like I learned a lot. I don't know about you, but I learned enough to where um, I feel like I could go back and kill. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? But oh. he got to leave. Had to leave. And Man, that's I, a... I expressed this to you last night. Um, like I'm getting to the point of frustration of uh, always running out of time. Yep. It seems like every hunt that we've been on together this year it takes us until the last day or so to really put all the pieces together and then we almost close the deal yeah like for instance um there was a stand move that needed to be made uh and we just didn't have time to make it and i think i would have killed if i would have made that stand move. but we'll, we'll dive into that on that next week's podcast uh. but yeah I, I learned a ton too man and there are there is some good with it too there's like a lot of things to look forward to going back oh yeah man lots of bucks dude yeah lots of shooters man that's the best part about going somewhere yeah in the midwest is is dead gum just deer population you know the higher the deer population usually the more bucks there's going to be and if you're in a place where there's good genetics and good food those bucks can get very big that's right man that's right well I think that's a good way to wrap it up then um i guess um you know for me i'm gonna be hunting some texas public uh this week probably so 
lots to talk about in the next few weeks. Hopefully we can get it all in. Uh, keep looking out for these big buck breakdowns. They're um, they're fun for us, man. I know it's 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 probably fun to listen to as well. I know that I go back and listen to them a lot of times just to just to uh, relive that the the things that are actually happened during the season. You know, it's just there's something about your buddies killing deer. You know, it's just something yep. that makes it fun. So it is, man. I mean, we got to experience deer camp just a little bit up there uh, this week, and whenever you live in like a digital world deer camp isn't just restricted to the place you're at you know you're in yep. so in contact with people who are killing deer and it's it's fun and uh if it gets you down then maybe you're not thinking along the right way you know what i'm mm. you know what i'm saying like yeah. it's easy and i do it too it's easy to get on social media and be like man everybody's killing deer except me but really like just uh let's all be happy for each other there you know you and cheer each other on and the ones that aren't killing you know maybe be sure make sure that uh you're encouraging those folks like like me uh, who (laughs) i need a little encouragement (laughs) no kidding man i mean i you you gotta you gotta also remember this i was thinking about this earlier today where i saw like a i think it was hoyt or something posted that there was a new world record mule deer possibly killed or something and um anyway you know, I feel like that sometimes if you're on that stuff too much, that you can get a little bit um, just kind of calloused to how big a 130-inch deer is. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. people would people don't look twice at that deer on social media hardly, but if it came in to most of the people that listen to this podcast, if it came in to your stand and gave you a shot – you would be like, golly, that was the coolest thing I've ever done. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's just a big deer. It's rare. There are 11 million people out there hunting deer, you know, or whatever it is. So, you know, there's going to be some biggins killed, and they're going to they're going to surface their way through all the channels of Hoyt and whoever else wants to post a big deer picture to make their social media bigger. You know what I mean? So, yeah. anyway, just keep that in mind. Remember that, and uh, remember, this is your element. Living it. Well, I've always heard blood is thicker than water. It's why she moves so slow when you look down upon her. Well, I can see a cross and it still looks the same. It's a red.